What's going on, everybody? This is the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. It is Friday, August 28th, and I am your host, Matt Zawaski, a.k.a. Southside Zo, a.k.a. Father Zo, a.k.a. White Sox are fun to watch. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything there. With me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Hello, I am Danny Mendix, number one fan, and Zo's most annoying host. <laughs> And the good Reverend Kevin Fiddler. I'm still wearing my penance for this week, besides the beer chugs and the bad, the bad screen, you know, icon picture and the terrible post about that Zoe wrote about bunting. I am wearing a Bo Jackson Auburn jersey just for you guys. I know he was a royal as well, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna choose to believe Robocop. Bo Jackson was the great Bo Jackson. And with its fake hip, so we're gonna go with that. So I'm wearing this tonight just for you, Zo, and for you White Sox fans. And I'm just still so wearing people this know, Kevin showed up and he's like, Yeah, check out my jersey I wore for you. And I go, Oh, Frank Thomas. And he thought I, he, he looked at me like he gave me the dog head tilt. Like, I don't know who number 29 was what? on Auburn, you son of a well, I didn't see the back, I just saw Auburn. And the first player I thought of was Frank Thomas, Frank Thomas yeah. But wow, can that be a question for a soon to be trivia show? Ooh, spoiler Ooh. alert, speak of what is this you speak of, Aldo? What um, game show are you talking about? So we still have we got a lot to talk about. The uh, the White Sox had quite the week since the last time we were live here. Um, so we're gonna break down all the fun stuff that happened there. The uh, the Cubs did did a thing. I don't know how much these guys want to talk about it, but they beat your socks for one game. So dude, you could have thrown out the 2012 AL All Star team, and you Darvish would have mowed them down that day. Um, but yeah, we got all that more. Um, I'm done trying to say we got structure because it never goes on this show, so we're not gonna waste anybody's time. So, with all that being said, let's tap this keg. Rebuild of the favorites, we here for the latest. South side or the north side, not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams, both sides got our own rings on the mound or the long ball, but we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board. As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Micro, sportsmicro.com. Make sure you're downloading the app, turning on push notifications, so you'll be the first one to know when Nick Madrigal comes back and puts Danny Mendick back on the bench. Uh, sportsmicro.com. I said that so nervously. Um, so the last time we talked, it was the eve of the Cub Sox three-game series in Wrigley. Uh, yeah, that went pretty good for me. Uh, <laughs> um, my liver. Yeah, the uh, the White Sox. Who, buddy? They uh, put up some bombs in Wrigley Field, just hitting home runs, 
Galore winning Friday night, 10 to one Saturday night, seven to four. And then as we previously mentioned on the intro there, they ran into a very pumped up, very on top of his game. You Darvish and the Cubs won on Sunday, two to one. I mean, the, the whole story of the series was home runs. Did you see that stat? I mean, going back, I think it was going back to the Thursday game against Detroit. The Sox scored nothing. The, the Sox scored like twenty straight runs on home runs. Twenty straight runs on home runs, including Jose Abreu hitting four home runs and four straight at bats. I mean, he was just a man on fire. It was just silliness all around. Let me say one thing, Jose Abreu. Not only does he deserve all the credit in the world for just being a fucking monster this yeah. season so far. Mm-hmm. He's rated as like one of the best defensive uh, first basemen, Dude, if not defense, the best. Baseman his defense has been unbelievable, and it's it's not even statistically it is, but it's, it's the eye test. The eye test, yeah, it matches up. You're just watching it. He looks so smooth on double plays. Uh, he's just, I mean, he's not like making these crazy diving cap, but like everything's good. Even in Geo's no hitter his stretch to get that ball from Tim Anderson and also the Aaron throw that TA threw to him where he did the jump spin tag to get the guy. I mean, that's not something that the old guy on the team is supposed to be doing. He's not supposed to be doing pirouettes in midair to tag a guy out, you know, but Jose Abreu is just having a beast of a season. And I was kind of, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. It was good to see, Good was definitely not the word I was looking for. It was like uh, relieving to see, refreshing to see Jose Abreu finally just say, like, I saw people talking shit. It pissed <laughs> me off. And I just want to prove people wrong. And he's doing it. Right now, his MLB ranks, he's second in home runs behind Tatis Jr. Tatis has 13, Abreu has 12, and no one's touching. Tatis Jr. is going to be MVP of the universe this year. <laughs> uh, RBIs, Jose Abreu's tied for first with Tatis at 30. Uh, hits, Jose Abreu's fourth, and this isn't just American League. This is all of baseball. Fourth in baseball right now with 40 hits. I mean, he's just he's playing out of his mind, and a big part of it is – we're seeing Jose Abreu so well protected. Mm-hmm. You can't just, it's no longer, okay, Jose bats third. So just get to him. And then four through nine is just kind of a joke. It's, oh yeah, we saw all te- and keep commenting. I'm from Twitter. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, when you hear us like all of a sudden, just like stop. It's usually because someone commented from Twitter and, Oh, homie. homie's got the San Diego Man. hat on in his uh, profile picture. But, yeah, Tatis Jr. on Thursday put a ball <laughs> on top of the Metal Supply Co. building. It was an absolute piss missile. And you are welcome, San Diego. But, for the record, James Shields has not lost a game this year and has a 0-0 ERA. Just saying. I got. I got to throw this out. Uh, that Dan's my man, by the way. I coach with Dan over at Green Valley. Oh, okay. so he's, he's my man. He's he's a big Padre fan, but the dude loves his game. Well, that's could, cool. No, and see, that's the other thing. And this is how this show goes because now we go from Jose Abreu to now I'm going to go on a rant about. I I think that he's. I love watching Tatis Jr. And you know why I love Tatis Jr. Because I love fucking baseball. Mm-hmm. And okay, so yes, the White Sox fucked up. 
and they traded him. But when they traded him, he was like, he wasn't on anybody's top prospects list. He was just a dude coming up. Like, yes, he has pedigree. Yes, all this stuff. And one, I'm not trying to sit here and say that it was an okay trade. It was a terrible trade. Arguably, it's going to go down as one of the worst trades in baseball history because Tatis is definitely going to win some MVPs. But for people to come at me, like, how can you root for him? Because he's fucking awesome. He, the guy's a ton of fun to watch. He's fantastic defensively. He puts baseballs on the top of buildings. I, I, am I missing something? Is there something I'm not supposed to like about the guy? Well, here's the funny part is everyone that gives you gut about it. Uh, up seven playing games. Yeah. And people that give you guff about it, if, if you can blame every franchise in Major League Baseball then for screwing the pooch on this one because right. nobody knew Tatis was going to be what he was. And if they knew he was going to be this great, everybody would have been banging the doors down to try and get something in the works to trade for him. Nobody right. knew he was coming. He Guys develop. You can't. Right. You just, like, just like, I mean, he's – He's committed. I mean, he's one of those guys. He's, he's it's working out. I mean, he's got some baseball pedigree, but there's a lot of baseball pedigrees in, right. in the show. Doesn't mean that they're going to become like superstars. He's just it's working out well. Right. Oh, well. Mike Trout wasn't drafted number one either. Like people, like you don't just. It's not like the NBA. We're like a kid like LeBron James is coming up, and you're like that dude's going to be a fucking beast. It's not like that in baseball. Like yeah, there's some guys like Bryce Harper. I know Kate Fitz. That's you know when you saw him in high school and everything like that. It was like okay, Bryce Harper is going to be a good MLB player, but, but right I, now, yeah, be forward, be forthcoming and honest. I disliked him. I know you did because of the way that he played so bad that I had blinders on. I was, I, I think I wanted him to not be great because I was so upset with how he played the game when he was younger. As I kind of warmed up to it, and some of my guys played with him as teammates, it changed my perspective. Obviously, but it took it's it's taken me a while because he still shows his ass quite a bit, and it's it still wants, makes me want to like. But I know that they love him as a teammate, so that 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 kind of cures it for me. But uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't on the I wasn't on the old. Now I told Chris Bryant his career would supersede Bryce Harper's, which he has technically with an MVP and a World Series championship. So and technically, a rookie year. Yep. I mean, they basically run. But and I mean, speaking of Chris Bryant, even him with like when he was drafted second, I mean, there, it wasn't a consensus that like, oh yeah, like Chris Bryant is the second best player in this draft, or like because like oh. the Cubs still got. The Cubs still got criticized. Like, how are you not taking uh, some pitching here? Who was drafted ahead of him? Do you remember? Uh, Mark Mark Bell. What's he doing right now? I don't think he's in professional baseball. No sure things. That's right. No sure thing. And, yes, so the White Sox do have Tatis's little brother in the system now, which I I think if someone offered him Mike Trout, they'd probably say no, just because they're like, we're not mess- we're not doing that again. Nope, not doing that again. And then, uh, yes, the Padres do not have exactly the best track record in the world. They have traded away guys like Rizzo and Kashner, and the list goes on and on. You know what? We can we can attribute that though to uh, to to the moves that the Cubs made because Epstein traded him to San Diego, right from Boston, and then Jed, Jed Hoyer was in San Diego, right? Wasn't he? And yeah, then didn't Jed didn't Hoyer trade him? To the Cubs, he was already with the Cubs, but I think oh, he had just come from the Padres, and, and they had in-depth knowledge. They knew they wanted this guy, and they basically fleeced the Padres for that one because there was a it was an inside kind of thing. They knew, like it was they they were they wanted Rizzo wherever they were really at. Yeah, and that was kind of that was, that's. Cashner was supposed to be good. Cashner was just unhealthy. I think Hoyer 
Because I think when the Red Sox originally took Rizzo when they drafted him, I think Hoyer was still in Boston too. And then he went to San Diego. And then Theo traded him to San Diego. And then Hoyer went to the Cubs with Theo. Right. And then they made the trade. But yeah. No, like they they identified him as like, hey, we know this guy. We want him. Yep. So all right, so that's what I'm saying. We this is gonna this if you're a first time listener for the show, this is how Back to after a somewhat slow start to the season, it wasn't even really all that slow, but in some of the more advanced stats he was definitely eh, and it was, it was those things. It was like where he was leaving all those runners on base, like right. the first couple and, of weeks. And I think I got made fun of for saying that he rolls out of bed and knocks in runs on the show. <laughs> and he's leading the league in RBIs. But Oops. one of the arguments people have, though, is he's not batting third anymore. He's batting fourth. And like myself, and I'm not trying to say, like, yes, I, I'm not. I did say I wanted him out of the three hole. And batting fourth, he's really stepped his shit up. And one thing also that I noticed, don't throw at Jose Abreu. Because every time a pitcher goes up and in on him, he comes back and just hits a bomb. He just did it to Pittsburgh too, and he did it against the Cubs. He like he legit gets pissed off, which is fan- it's awesome to watch. Um, it's the power of his little uh, chin bun thing. Or like little, uh, <laughs> what what were those guys' names in uh, Heart Foundation? No, no, oh, no. Well, yeah, Jimmy Hart. But no, the Albano, the guys with the drag, the guy that was banging the dragon princess. Oh, God. Aldo got me. Oh, he looks like the horse, the horse Game riding. Thrones. Yeah, the horse dude. The horse yeah. dude. He, he played Aquaman. Fucking Aquaman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, oh, everyone's Jones. yelling at us right now, like saying, Yeah, names. Drago. Call Drago. Yeah. Call Drago. Damn. Thank yes. you. Damn. Call, yeah, he has a little Call Drago thing going on. But whatever, That's man. Really whatever works. Dothraki. Yes, he Dothraki. was Yep. of water. Um, I don't want to cross the seas. But yeah, man, whatever works. And you know what? It's cool. Because, <laughs> I don't know how much Jose likes this, but after the Cubs series, they interviewed uh, Mancada, Aloy, and Robert and asked him about Abreu, and all three of them were like, yeah, he's like a dad. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure how much he likes to hear that. But he's it does... Somebody's daddy on my profile. Right? Pull up the... Uh, We've been, I've said that a couple times on this show. That's just added value. You know what I mean? Like he's, and he's earned this because he's been here for all of these young guys. And he's definitely one of the reasons he's a mentor to all of them. And yeah. That's your point too is he's been so good, right? He's had such good seasons and he got shit on so early this season because he wasn't there. And this is what King Mac and I were talking about. King Mac, obviously, he loves Abreu. He hates metrics. And he was talking about this. We were chatting this the other day. Is that that Abreu was so good when he was – like when he was so good, he was so great that everyone assumes that this is a massive drop-off. It's not a drop-off. It's just he's not having that kind of caliber of season. It's like like judging somebody on an MVP season. Three years later, you're like, dude, you're not the same player three years later. It's not like everyone doesn't fall off a cliff when they decline. As he ages, there's gonna be a decline. It doesn't have to be like stepping off, you know, off a can- you know a chasm into like the a bottomless pit. It could be a gradual slow decline. It's a slow decline. He might only hit 35 home runs instead of four. Like it's 
But right. because of that standard, everyone judges it to the standard. And I think we tend to do that with a lot of our athletes and especially Chicago fans. They have this massive, like unforgettable season and we want them to recreate something that's unrecreatable. And Abreu can't do that. Chris Bryant can't do that. You know, I, I don't think that that you're going to have, um, you know, a, a player like, well, I mean, Khalil Mack hopefully will be better, but you, you look at their athletes, you know, you're not going to have a guy that recreates the ultimate season. It's because right. it's the ultimate season. You got to give the guy what the guy does so well is what he's consistent with. And he does what he does so damn well that he makes that value skyrocket because you know what you're going to get out of him. He's consistently so consistent that people take him for granted. Consistent. Mm -hmm. And then it also brings me to a point that I made on Twitter this week. It's just this White Sox team. And I mean, I know it's easy to do when you're hitting bomb after bomb and winning games and doing whatever. But this White Sox team definitely reminds me. I'm getting strong vibes of the 1979 Pittsburgh Pirates, the We Are Family team. Describe that to me, though, because I saw you tweeted. Obviously, I wasn't around so, then, so give it to me. In 79, the Pirates had a great squad. Doc Ellis, uh, who was the first baseman? Bill uh, Madlock. What's up? Madlock, are you talking about? No, no, it was a big boy. Hit the home runs. Cecil uh, Fielder. Willie Stargell. Oh, Stargell. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Doc Ellis, Willie Stargell. Uh, they have my boy, if you hear me and the boys bopping, uh, or if you hear <laughs> if you hear me bias me and the boys. Um, but they were like um, Stargell, yes. They were a team of – I don't know. Willie Stargell was a superstar, but like – not guys, they didn't get like the national recognition. They weren't, you know, the Yankees or anything like that. And then in 79, there was a really popular song, We Are Family, which if you've ever been to a wedding ever, you've heard that song. And that was the year that song came out and they adopted it as like, not only as like their their theme song, but like it was just like a, like a mission statement or like an attitude for the whole season. Like people had shirts on, they sang, we are family at games and they were just a really crazy tight knit team that ended up winning their division. And I kind of get that vibe with these white Sox. We all know white Sox are little brother in Chicago. Sorry, Sox fans. You know, it's damn well true. There's probably some of you sitting there right now, like the gift being doing the Alonzo morning, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Because we're little brother in Chicago. We never get any recognition on ESPN, which I'm totally cool with, especially the way ESPN's handed the White Sox in the last... By the way, yes, I'm glad you brought that up because, guys, Sox fans, no one likes when their team is on ESPN because that broadcast fucking stinks. <laughs> yes, and little Yumper, yes, it's just like the old five White Sox with Don't Stop Believing. So they, like, adopted the song as, like, their, like, motif. And this Sox okay. team, you see it, though... With, I mean, obviously, Jose Abreu is the leader. And I think Dallas Keiko is, like, his number one general. So, like, those are your two top guys. And then, but then you see, like, just that little interaction where Tim Anderson went out into shallow left field and caught that ball. And Eloy, like, did his thing where he pouts. And they started swinging their gloves together. That looked like two brothers playing, you know, Sandlot baseball to me the way they celebrate in the dugouts, the way they celebrate after big wins, the way they talk about each other in the media, the way they basically just fuck around with each other. They do it. It's like family. And I come from a, a really big family on the South side of Chicago. I got like 80 cousins and I wish I was exaggerating. I think it's the serious numbers like 52, but anyways, mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, Southside Catholic, Irish, Polish family before Thirteen. Netflix. Babies popped. Thirteen um, children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seventy-four cousins. But like, it just it feels like a real big family event. And then I guess we might as well get into the no-no. So Lucas oh. Giolito throws a no-hitter on Tuesday night, and I'm going to get more detail about it. But at the end of that game. Just following along on Twitter with the the White Sox Twitter, which is elite baseball Twitter, and my I know it can every Twitter fan base has terrible people and terrible, but whatever. But following along on Twitter and the White Sox Twitter, and following along with this team when that last out happened and Angle had that insane jump and caught that ball, like I felt like I was a part of it, and it was wild. It felt like someone in your family did something good, and it, and it's just just. It's a weird feeling. I've not. I have. Maybe it's because of the interaction with social media and the other fans. Maybe it's because it's this weird season where you can't have fans in the seats. It could be a perfect storm of things. But like this White Sox team just feels different. It feels different being a fan of this team right now, and it's awesome. And it feel it definitely has like this family vibe. So like that's where I came up with the we are family thing. All right. Before before I get to the Giolito question. Mm-hmm. I said it last week, but like, you're are you comfortable saying the White Sox are a lock now, Zoe? For the playoffs? For the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Last> <laughs> week like, still on I know. But I, <laughs> when I saw Fangraphs have them at like 98.2%. Yeah, dude, I mean, they're all there. Like, all right. So they're playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? At first look, well, hold on. I want, we'll get to that. I want to talk about Giolito. Let's talk about Giolito. Yes. Giolito, so- go ahead. Uh, so I was going to ask you, and you talked about, like, there's no fans, but, like, you still got to experience it. Obviously, you know, everyone's following along. Twitter's great. But watching it, did you feel any different just because of that atmosphere of, like, like there's just, like, no one there? Like, First was all, it different? Whoever does the fake crowd noise should get a raise because he did a great job on the TV broadcast. And it was such a cool thing happening. I completely forgot there was no fans in the stands. Like 100% did not even cross my mind once. I think I'm used to it too. So like I just, whatever. But for those of you that listen to the show, and if you don't know, which is weird, if you like baseball enough to listen to the show, but you don't know, Lucas Giolito threw a no-hitter on Tuesday night against the Pirates. First thing I'd like to address is there was some really cool stat nerds trying to down. Yeah. Apparently it doesn't count because no one on Pittsburgh is hitting over 300. Yeah. Major Kevin, League hitters? I mean. He tweeted out nine different batting averages because it was like 200, 228, two whatever. And he's like, nothing, not taking away from Lucas Giolito, but this is the oh, batting hey. average. Let me just put, take me out back and shoot me. I'm done. Jesus. What a meatball would write that. Probably someone that has actually weighs more than the batting averages of the collective Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, other way. He's like, yeah, he didn't pass. He probably didn't play baseball past the age of time. He's a big stat guy. He's a he's a blue check mark on Twitter. Oh, horrendously, I wish horrendously. They should make blue check marks on Twitter that cover baseball. Video themselves playing catch. I want to watch them <laughs> throw a fucking baseball and shut the fuck up. It's okay? like, when uh, you throw the baseball, you are exposed as. It's like when Robel Robel ran the forty. That was that video is epic. But um, or one yeah, yeah, one like, does anything remotely athletic. But anyways, 
Don't take away from Lucas. You you no hit nine professional hitters. Ten actually, they pitched hit for a guy in the in the ninth, but he no hit a, a yeah. Those guys are all professionals. They made it to the pros for a reason. That's dumb. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. The thing that I thought was really really cool is Lucas Giolito no hit a major league baseball team throwing three pitches. He only Uh-oh. threw a fastball, a changeup, and a slider. And he didn't even really start throwing sliders until the the last third of the game. Insane. Do you remember in the ninth inning, he just, yeah, randomly just like all of a sudden started throwing a couple sliders. I the ninth, remember that. Yeah, he was just pelting sliders in the ninth, which was awesome. And his last pitch to record the last out of the no-hitter, pitch 101, was 97 miles an hour. He was juiced. By the way, though, did you know that the only guy who reached base – I think it was uh, Eric Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a walk to lead off the fourth inning. Yep. That was his first walk of the season. <laughs> How <laughs> far? Like, that's, that's like another weird thing. I mean, just like, I think he played, he played his 18 games <laughs> before, uh, before that Tuesday game. No walks at all. And mm-hmm. just, you know, like to lead off the fourth, four-pitch walk. Yeah, he spiked the first fastball to him, and then after that, he just couldn't get it back on. But so, and one more stat for Giolito: the so like whenever they started tracking this, most swings and misses in a no hitter since so Nolan Ryan. He had so much going. Mm-hmm. His pitches, and he set the record. He had more strikeouts in that. Few, yeah, he had. What do you have? Thirteen strikeouts. Um. Oh, I just looked up that set on ESPN and they started blasting techno music in my ear. Um, 13 strikeouts. It was just a beautiful, I mean, the his pitch sequence, which shout out McCann for catching him, which I want to get into that in just a second. But his pitch sequence was great. He was backing up those fastballs with a fantastically located changeup. And then to all of a sudden pull a plus slider out of his ass in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, his third time through the lineup. I mean, that was it was a masterful performance. Very rarely do pitching games get rated a perfect 100. Lucas threw up a 99. That game was rated 99 for Lucas, which is rare enough as it is. Um, that is it's also the that is the best start in White Sox history. Like the, in, uh, the 99. No, no other. Not Burley's perfect game. Nope. None of Sales like high strikeout games. Lucas Giolito with his 99-game score, number one. And people forget, last week on Thursday versus Detroit, Lucas went seven and had 13 Ks. Lucas Giolito is on fire right now. Like, don't don't get it twisted. If there was an all-star game this year, he's 100% an all-star. And he he came out of the gate with two bad – one and a half bad starts. And since then, he's been amazing. And the best part is, for White Sox fan – Overall, he's not even our best pitcher. Dallas Keuchel, yeah. Dallas Keuchel has been consistently consistent. I'm going to use that like multiple times this <laughs> show. Consistently consistent. And he went and got the win on Wednesday night versus Detroit. And that was like one of his shakier starts. But he's doing his thing as a ground ball pitcher with a 2-7 ERA. Um, leads the team and wins, but that's that sucks. But, yeah, I mean – I Go hate ahead. to drop parallels. Um, 
but we're roughly what? How many how many days into the season are we roughly? About twenty eight. Sox are nineteen and twelve, yeah. so they played thirty one. Yeah. So yeah, thirty one roughly. Okay. Um, not to not to draw too much a parallel, but I can say this that when certain special things happen in a season for teams that are like maybe not projected to be the team, but they're close and they're out right around the corner. No hitters tend to be kind of a signature sign of a magical season, like one of those special rides. I will jump back to Jake Arrieta in late April of 2016 Mm -hmm. when the Cubs are playing pretty well out of the gate, but then Arrieta goes out there. It's four. I think he's like four and oh at the time or whatever goes out there and carves, throws a no hitter against the Reds. And it just sets a tone. It changes the whole, I mean, you already had a good locker room, but all of a sudden there's a sense of invulnerability and invincibility that a team has where they start really believing and, and buying into everything. Like they buy into the lineups that Ricky's throwing out there. They, they buy family. into the, the team of destiny narrative and it becomes special. It's one of those things that really kind of capture uh, teams that might not be expected to compete that you're like, where did they come from? They didn't come from anywhere, man. They figured it out and they got hot and they played the game right and they went through it and then, then things happened and they believed. And that's 90% of the things when a team doesn't believe, we see what the Cubs look like when they don't believe. We see what the White Sox look like when they do believe. It's a night and day difference between two teams right now that are perfectly on display that when the Cubs start believing, they're going to be scary too. But the White Sox right now, there is no team in baseball, I believe, that doesn't feel that they are more fit to win the World Series than the White Sox do right now and in this very moment. And they're vibing, dude. Like that team I've, that team has such insane chemistry. Um, we do got a couple questions. Oh, go ahead, Aldo, before we get to the questions. Go ahead. Prep. Let's see. Now I don't want to say it. I'm just going to sound like a dick. So I'm not going to say it. And instead, I'll say going back to Giolito and like just like the maybe one or two best starts. Really, when you look at those, it's like the first innings of those two starts. So like the first inning on opening day against the Twins, mm-hmm. and then that first inning against St. Louis. And I mean, I mean, obviously all the numbers count the same, but that's, those are really like they just like his two bad innings all season. That's inflated in the numbers. Maddie, and also, the Sox driving after Nick Madrigal went down with an injury. Maddie, I love Mitch, baseball. Maddie I love Mitch, baseball. Yeah, Maddie Mitch just wrote, and I'm I'm going. Maddie Mitch just. Uh, comment. I love hearing Cubs fans wax poetic on the White Sox. And I want to say something. I want to say my guys, my good buddies, Aldo and Kevin, are two of the biggest Cubs fans you'll ever meet. But they're also huge baseball fans. And like myself, because I could talk fairly about the Cubs, we call them like we see them on here on both sides of town. And I mean, yeah, that's just really cool. Since January, yeah, we have. And sometimes I get nervous because I feel like because we're all very sarcastic, all three of us. So sometimes I'm like, is he trying to reverse jinx this? But <laughs> we um, said no hitter like 85 we, times the other day. I know. <laughs> just like the John Lester thing last Friday. That was just I saw I saw a bad thing coming, and that yeah. bad thing fucking happened. <laughs> oh, it did. Lester just got ripped up. But we got a question. We're just better at smelling farts in a car than others. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Antonio on Twitter asks any updates on Rodon. I don't have any. Um, hopefully, he is sitting down with his agent right now, learning how to be a Andrew Miller, because I don't think he's going to be a. I don't think his arm can handle him being a starter. I mean, how well, how would his arm handle pitching multiple times a week? Two innings, that bounce back, like, man. Two innings and then get oh, yeah, a, but it's a bounce back. That's the not, not everybody can bounce back and dominate like friend of the show, Chase and Shreve. Yeah, yeah Chase <laughs> is killing it. Shout out, Chase. But um, and to that thought, though, the White Sox bullpen is killing it. Like, do you want to throw a turd in the punch bowl? Like. It's yeah, I don't know. And then the that other second question. Now I just saw yeah. it. 
The second question is, would you trade prospects for Lance Lynn? Now, this seems to be the big talk as we approach the MLB trade deadline on August 31st. The big talk is that the White Sox need a fifth starter, another pitcher. I shouldn't third? Say no, no. It's yeah. a, a guy who's going to be up that you can have. Right. It's basically someone that you feel more confident in than Dylan Seeds. Right. And Lance Lynn seems to be the big sexy name. Certified uh, 108 thick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That boy's thick. And we like, <laughs> yeah, we like him thick. Um, I don't know. Do you guys know more about Lance Lynn than I, I'm trying to pull up his stats? Like, I know he's so good. So, yes. So here's the thing. The last thing I remember from Lance Lynn, because I because I think he pitched for like the I think the Yankees and the Twins before. After I remember him just getting sh- like shelled by the Cubs uh, at the end of his time with the Cardinals. So like my year. my impression or like my initial thought of every time I hear Lance Lynn is like, man, that guy like sucked at the end uh, of his time in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's been he's been phenomenal with the Rangers. So. And right. and as Kevin, as your guys point out in the comments, he is an innings eater, and he will save the bullpen, which is going to be crucial in the playoffs after this sprint because everything's boom, 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 boom. Um, and he's not averse to the, to the to the spotlight. He did pitch in the 1990 Little League World Series, hey. where he also, even then, at the age of 12, had a Viking beard. Like a man, uh, that dude is like babies though, right now. Big, I, I seriously, that dude probably drinks a keg every night. He looks like a keg drinker. So like a dude that just goes home and re- drinks, you know, not craft beer. He's drinking the, like like bush. Yeah, he drinks the bush light. What up? Sponsor us. Um, so <laughs> Lance Lynn right now he's four and zero. Again, win win loss is a meaningless stat. Um, One five nine ERA. Now that means something. Uh, he started seven games. Uh, his whip is 0.86. Lance is dealing. Yeah, Lance is dealing. No doubt about it. Um, would love to have him on the team, but then the thing is, what's the cost? And I've seen some pretty outrageous, outrageous trade proposals, which – Cards on the table, yeah, I might be one of those White Sox fans that maybe overvalues the the farm system a little bit. A little bit. I wouldn't say like crazy, but a little bit. You wouldn't trade Yachty for Mike Trout. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're not we're not trading Tetsu. Shut up, Cardinals fucks. And I don't want anything to do with Yachty and his COVID caravan. Um, (laughs) Here's pine tar belly. So as far as the White Sox are concerned, though. Getting a guy like Lance Lynn right now would be – I did see Phil Rogers. I don't remember what it is. I try not to read Phil Rogers uh, as much as I can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maddie, if you want to put what it was in the chat, but I'm not giving him a click. Um, so I think it involved like, – it was like Cease and another like top prospect, I think. What do you guys think the market is, though, for a pitcher like him? Now, he has a year left on his contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. That changes things a little bit just because yeah. there's extra control in case the season, right. you know, in case everyone just walks off the job or, you and know, I've COVID. Seen a couple people that the White Sox have no interest in a rental. They're not doing that. They're, this is, again, and I've said this a million times, it's the White Sox 
get out of the first round of the playoffs this year, that is a win for me. If they make it to the World Series, like, holy shit. They're going to make the playoffs after an 89-loss season. That That's a win right there, for God's right. sakes. Okay, but wait, but wait. Because I read something from Beef Loaf. Shout Beef. out to Beef. We love Beef Loaf. And we see how it's happened with the Cubs where that window just fucking closes out of nowhere. I am shot. You can make an argument this year, 2020. Think of whatever you want about the season. Get the fuck out of here. Not you all, though. Sorry. I just saw the. the <laughs> film. We can't even I say that out loud without face. laughing. I just saw Kevin's face, too. I'm like, what did I say? I just oh, saw the Phil Roger. And I'll finish your thought, Aldo. And then the I'll... face that you make when you look in the top of your toilet oh, and see that yeah, someone that gave you a like triple that. decker. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, you know, that's a definitely no. Um, you can make an though. argument this year is, and Beefle said it, best chance. To win a World Series, if you add Lance Lynn right now, you have like three like ace type pitchers, mm-hmm. and what do you want in the postseason? Because everything shortens up. You just want guys who can get who can get out there, right? And, and shut other teams down. If you get Lance Lynn, you have three legitimate like top of the rotation starters that you could just roll out in a series and dominate. Yep. So you have to weigh: Do you want to go for it? Which we've we've been hearing for a long time, the Sox are just like, hey, we got to go for it because the yeah. ultimate goal is win the World Series or uh, let's just take our chances with what we got. Dude, you don't trade Dylan Cease when he's still figuring shit out so, because one day you're going to look back and go, well, oh, look. That's hard. And he's been in so many of these Cease, trade proposals. Kelly, Adolfo, Collins? <laughs> yeah, so this is the Phil Rogers proposal for a 33-year-old starter with one year left on his contract. Dylan Cease... Jared Kelly, Micker Adolfo, and Zach Collins. Yeah, that's too much. That's what, are you fucking high? Flip flops, kid. Phil, Take a lap. Phil, look me in the eye. Let me see that my balls. Are you high? Because holy smoke. So I'm thinking more. I don't mind Micker Adolfo. I think Micker Adolfo, Zach Collins, and I don't know who you want to throw in there. <laughs> I mean, that's not getting done. So no. no <laughs> you do have to do it. You do have to give up one. You're obviously you're not giving up any of your like your top three prospects, but you do you have to give up one. Magical. You no, you want to give up magical because okay, it's cool, Danny Mendick and haha, all those frozen right now, so he can't. I'm respond. Bad. You know that's the same oh, face yeah. he made chugging that beer uh, and then blaming hot Cheetos. Um, Ooh. this whole they Danny Mendick thing. Danny Mendick has been very fun. Danny Mendick has been great. He stepped up. He's gotten an opportunity and produced. And I love that he's on the White Sox. He's going to be a fantastic utility guy. But Nick Madrigal is your second baseman for the future. Like, that's your guy. I get it. It's fun, you know, whatever. And it's a good problem to have. I really think that when Madrigal is ready to go, he'll come up, start at second, and then you'll see Mankata get a couple days off and Mendick play third. And then basically Mendick is going to fill that Lurie Garcia role. I don't mm-hmm. know if Mendick can play the outfield too. Yeah, that's okay. that's the next thing that's going to come up is people are going to be, Ooh, I don't know if he can play the outfield. I don't so what know. I'm hearing is that, no, you wouldn't trade for Lance Lynn. Because none of the, like, you're not going to get him for Zach Collins and Micker. Oh, Dan- guys, I hate to interrupt you. There's a shocking breaking news coming out of New York. We might not have even heard this. might not even happen. But apparently the Mets took the field and then observed a 42-second moment of silence and walked off. Where did we see that before? Ugh. Oh, wait. Was it the released video that has Manfred actually recommending this to be I the— I talk about that asshole on this show. 
Only thing left though is a Black Lives Matter T-shirt they put on home plate, which I'm cool with. But that was plan- that was something that they. Sorry, I just we were showing that earlier. Like, oh, look, here's a video from Rob Manfred basically doing a PR meeting, trying to PR, um, right? Something. Well, yeah, we're not going to get into He's that. Dane Dunning. Okay. Ooh. So maybe you put in like a Dane Dunning. So that's an MLB ready prospect. Zach Collins, MLB ready uh, prospect. Uh, yeah. Zach Collins isn't good. But he's an MLB. He's, he's who's not a, good. Who's the catcher for the Tigers or the Tigers? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Zach Collins isn't a good catcher. That doesn't matter. But if he's better that's, than what they have, that's what I'm upgrades saying. are upgrades, bro. Especially yep. when you're in rebuild mode, you got to have placeholders. Obviously, upgrades are upgrades. Where you trying to get your? I mean, the White Sox aren't the only team who who need a starter. The Braves had like their top two guys go down. They need a starter. Yeah, but sometimes you can use these trades to free up some payroll too. Like so, right now the Braves have might, a. The Braves have a 36-year-old catcher who's batting 132. Oh, no, I'm saying the Braves like are also in the market for a starting I mean, the Rangers. The uh, Rangers have a 36-year-old catcher who's batting 132. Have a Zach Collins. Get crazy. Dane I, Dunning, Zach Collins, and Micker Adolfo. You think that gets it done? Yeah. I don't. Mm. I mean, with that, that's and that Dunning's in what Texas? Yeah, I mean, I've looked I mean, at the where are the, Raider, where are the Rangers at? Number three numbers are a lot better than I thought, actually. Pretty like sure Lance. the Rangers are in the toilet. I know. The Rangers, I mean, the Rangers stick, but uh, Rangers are eleven and nineteen. They're ten games out with a negative fifty-four run differential on the season. Or, or another way to look at this is where's their payroll at? Well, they're sitting at roughly. Where's the team totals? Son of a. I don't think you've got a team payroll. They are making that much money. I think he's only making like six million dollars, and then Dang, take whatever it was this year. Half of their after their active payroll in Texas is one hundred one million. Their injured reserve money right now is sitting at forty two million. New trade, big brain, new trade. Oh, Michael all right. Kovic, Michael paying- Kovic, Dane Dunning. Let's throw in. I don't know, Micker Adolfo. And I mean, no, I think right now, I think right now you got the Rangers interested. No, I know, but I want more than Lance Lynn. I want Nick Gallo too. Joey Gallo or Nick Joey Gallo? Gallo? Not Nick oh, Gallo. Okay. Joey Gallo. And... <laughs> Could you imagine Joey Gallo on this team? Uh, the White Sox would hit five thousand home runs next week. Like, he won't fall in the net. All right, know. so we're getting we're getting weird way off track. Yeah, we're getting weird. <laughs> All right, I so mean, I hate I, the Cubs need a starting pitch. Like they could use a starter. Like maybe they could trade like Victor Caratini for Lance Lynn. I, don't I know. think he's like the best hitter right now, or <laughs> one of. <laughs> trade Michael Kopic. I trade. I I I well, we'll talk about the Cubs later, but yeah, I, I I mean, I'm, no, I'm, I'm I not averse to a hobby bias trade, so I'm fine with that. I think at this point, Girl, you're talking spicy. I think at spicy. this point. Michael Kopech is a piece that the Sox are would be thinking about trading compared to like last year. Yes, I would agree. And I know that there is a I know a lot of fans I think it'd be split. I think some fans would be pissed and some fans would be happy. I am a Michael Kopech fan. I appreciate I've said it on the show a thousand times. I'm not gonna get into it, but is on and off the field everything. I get why he didn't play this season. Totally cool with it. But by him not playing this season, 
You could trade I, see, I don't think I don't think like fans necessarily would be happy unless because at understand. this point, like at this point, I think you can only be unhappy if the Sox go into next year thinking like, you know, we're like one hundred percent relying on Kopech. So like I don't think you can have that mindset right now if you're the Sox. But I also am hesitant if I'm the Sox to include any trade that involves Jared Kelly because yeah, you, can, you can't trade that guy. Toasted on a trade of a prospect you didn't know what you had. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. I don't think they're in a, a hurry to trade, and I think Jerry Kelly's going to be good. And so. here's the thing: like the, the Sox have a great trade. Well, recently, with a couple of the draft picks, not really, but mm-hmm. for the most part, in this like last two decades, they have a pretty good track record with like pitchers. So I don't think they're just going to. Like even if you do want to like, quote unquote, like go, I don't think you'd do that by trading some of your young pitchers too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, like Jerry Kelly, like they're not. They just tried, like they pretty much got like the number like he was like ring like number one like pitcher in the draft who they just like overpaid because he's coming out of high school. So uh, no, he's he's not getting traded not for like a Lance Lynn. <laughs> But, I mean, I, again, I'm all for trading for Lance Lynn, I, but Cease, Jared Kelly, Adolfo, and Collins is too much. Is too much. Uh, like the, the Cease thing? Yeah, because, like, you're just trading a pitcher for, a, for like, a pitcher. I don't. You're selling right. someone with team control, too, that's low payroll and someone that could break into being something even more. You don't trade risk in a season where you're not guaranteed. The, the Sox, you said it right now, Zoe. You said it. You're you're shocked if they you're excited if they even get it past the first round of the playoffs. Right. That's not a team that you add and you subtract some future implications with. You don't really sell the farm just yet. You know that you were supposed to, you guys wanted to have that big change this year and pushed in. It was a shortened season. White Sox are doing great. They're kicking ass and they're gonna make the postseason. I really believe that that'll be fine. I think that if they get stuck with a good matchup in the first round, they could push beyond that. But do you really wanna sell someone that could become extremely good um, going for something that you might not be 100% ready for yet, knowing that you get one more full off season of prep next year's team is it's world series or bust. Um, This doesn't felt like a world series or bust season yet. And when you throw those trades out, it becomes a knee jerk reaction. It's like the Cubs in 2017 trading Eloy and cease was it 2017, 2017 to trade Eloy and cease for freaking Quintana because the pitching staff wasn't throwing that well. And that trade has been the biggest backfire for Theo Epstein besides the Hayward, you know, the Hayward signing obviously was pretty shit. I don't know if that was even, was that him? Yeah. But um, the, uh, the idea that you traded those guys because everyone was upset with the, the starting pitching wasn't getting it done. So you add a Quintana and you lose these two studs and you don't do shit. Yeah. I'm not mad about that deal. So it's, it's I mean, not, Eloy it's not a good like risk. Yeah. I mean, Aloy's hitting though. He's Different, hitting over 310 yeah. home runs. So, so one thing about Sox or like trade stuff. Let's fast forward a year from now, or let's say it's next July. Socks right. in a position. The playoff format is back to what it has been. Like it's not expanded. It's the same three division, two wild cards. Socks are looking good. You know, either top of division. You know, it's looking like one of the best teams in the AL. At that point, would you trade a big prospect for the one? Like if the Sox are in a position where like. We are one piece away to then, be yeah. clear cut favorite. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I've said that a couple times. If you really believe you're one guy away, 
one piece away, then you rock. Then then you have to get out there and you gotta you gotta pay. You gotta, Is that when you're like, hey, Andrew Vaughn, thanks. I don't like trading Andrew Vaughn in any scenario, but that's more when I'm like, I don't know. I think Kopik is your biggest trade piece right now. He's got a pitch though. Yeah. It'll be two and a half years. No, but yeah, no, but I mean, that's because again, this year, I mean, we've talked about it again, over and over again. Right. Weird. Like there hasn't even been that many trades. No. There's not, there's not even like, no one's even making up rumors either. Like everyone's no. just like, God. And we've said that a bunch of times. I don't, foresee a bunch of stuff happening but the biggest trade was just like the Phillies uh getting the two relievers because one Boston just like completely sucks they're trying to get rid of money and the Phillies have zero bullpen right so you better be damn sure if you're gonna make that kind of move you better be damn sure because I don't think Theo was and I think he actually was a knee-jerk reaction with the Quintana trade and I really I I hated it then and I hate it now more right no and yeah and it's that's a great comparison it's when the cubs knew they needed a closer so they traded torres for chapman got chapman got a ring and then got his scum ass out of here but it's just yeah and i yeah i don't i'm not sure you could say that about the white Sox. i don't know if they're one guy away i still think it'd be fucking awesome if they had joey yellow in right field but <laughs> you trade c's for joey Gallo? yeah they need pitching they they don't have that luxury right now Oh, by the way, I guess before we switch, so one guy who did come back, Ronaldo Lopez, he pitched okay against the Cubs in his, like, three innings, I think. So they did the whole opener thing mm-hmm. on Saturday versus the Cubs, and they had Ray Lowe going for and then Gio Gonzalez came out, and Gio pitched probably right. his best game of the season. A lefty, so of course. Yeah. Cubs and and, uh, they asked both of them about it after the game, if they were cool with it, and they both said, yeah. So, I mean – it's kind of hard for them to just be like, no, because both guys are hanging on to careers by threads. So it wouldn't be very wise for them to do something like that. But this is a big time for the White Sox, this home stretch. What do they got this weekend, by the way? So they're, they're, next week. they're home versus Kansas City Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Woo! And then we, we, we have that um, – we have TBAs pitching again this weekend. So – We'll see what happens there. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're in Minnesota. But then again, then they have a four-game series in Kansas City, followed by a two-game series in Pittsburgh, followed by a three-game series home versus Detroit. And then they go home against Minnesota. And, I mean, they're they're a team right now. They're sitting a half a game out of first place in their division. This this is – the division is within reach. Is what yeah, I'm getting like at. Up the division two weeks. So Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and then the final three games home versus the Cubs. I mean, that's like two or three at least. You would hope. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I do think TBA is going to be Dane Dunning. Um, it's time to roll now. Now we roll. You know what I mean? It's just. You yeah. guys keep hitting uh, like three home runs a game, yeah. <laughs> well, that that definitely helps. I was very happy to see in the Pittsburgh series, for the most part, they were manufacturing runs. Um, yeah, TA loves playing against the Royals. Uh, yeah, but it looks like we got – we're going to do the Raylo experiment again on uh, Friday versus Kansas City. Saturday's Dylan Cease, and then Sunday's TBA, a.k.a. Dane Dunning. Um 
so and and I mean, without getting into it, that's if these games get played. And I don't want to, you know, dive down that rabbit hole. And I totally respect the player's decision, but we're just saying if these games get played. Um, and then they did it though, so it lines up that Monday against Minnesota, you get Giolito. Tuesday's Keiko. So they mm-hmm. did. That's working. That comes out in their favor. So. It's an interesting time for the White Sox. It's time to go get it. What's up? Fun times. Fun times. And I mean, I mean, in the week, it's changed. We're like, I mean, uh, some fans probably felt this from the beginning. Like, you go into these games just expecting to win. Is that like what a great feeling that is? Yeah, you're expecting to win. And again, and I I brought it up before, but I'm going to say it again. Even if they were down like three or four runs, you leave the game on because. This team could throw up three home runs in an inning. Or four. Or four. Uh, (laughs) You leave the game on if your team's getting beat by 10, like a good fan does, unless you really have shit to do. But I know, but we're not going to be the fan police here. And I'm just saying, like, there's times. I mean, even last year, though, the Sox go down two runs. You'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, this one's done. But it's not the case anymore. It's especially with the lights out bullpen. And now a word from our sponsors. On the, the north side of town, because I want to mm-hmm. talk about the Cubs, and then I have something on baseball related that I want I thought was interesting to bring it home. But on the north side, you got the first place Cubs, 18 and 12, two and a half game lead over the Cardinals. How'd they win? What happened in Detroit, guys? Well, I although you go first and I'll tell you my theory, but although you get you rock this first, you got you get some. Oh, we got actually is it two and a half games because I saw that the the Cardinals lost to the Pirates today in eight innings. They're playing uh, a doubleheader again. Refresh. I fresh standings, boy. I'm like speechless. I don't like the Cubs are since like summer 2018, the best way I can just tri- describe the Cubs because they have the talent. No one can argue they have the talent. They showed it. Mm-hmm. We know they have star players. We know how good they can be. The Cubs are the uh, worst best team in baseball because okay. when they're when they're good, they're fucking great, hitting all cylinders, pitching looks phenomenal. You know, bullpen gets its shit together and locks teams down. Offense coming through early, getting to the getting to their team's bullpen late. When they're bad, they're the worst fucking team in the league. <laughs> like this, the extremes. In I my, the, I think the worst team. Uh, like when the Cubs, uh, when was it? It's like that was a seven to four loss against the Sox. After that, like in a, like I just had like a thought, and it was the first time I've had it since. Just think of all the discussion that we've had about trades, and right. like, is it trying to blow up the like the team? Is it trying to trade some of these core guys? That was the first time that it crossed my mind where it's like. You know what? Maybe it is time. Like, it's it's not. It doesn't look how it's supposed to look. I I, I said it in Detroit. Like Kevin, it's like, hey, I think because you brought up how like you know we know they have the talent, we know they're good, and like yeah, but like this is just what they are. (laughs) Zoe used the words they're consistently like for uh, Brave consistently consistent. Cubs are just consistently inconsistent. And I got that. I totally get what you're saying because as a non-advid Cub watcher, even watching that series against the White Sox, and I watched their game against Detroit because I wanted to watch Casey Mize, they just look flat, dude. 
that's the frustration, <laughs> man. The, it, and you know, is yesterday that came on. Uh, so they lose seven six on Wednesday. Lose yesterday was a rock bottom moment, by the way. That was a rock bottom. You think, Kevin? That was even rock bottom. The Cubs hit like twenty balls, hundred miles per hour. None of them for fucking hits until the ninth inning. Like, so that game was just the frustrating. Like, fuck everything. The day before, Tyler Chadwick comes back. <laughs> officially, officially off Tyler Chadwick. I've seen this, I've seen the story before. Done. Out, out on Chadwick. I I am ashamed that we even discussed should the Cubs extend Tyler Chadwick like three weeks ago. Bad. He's terrible. Thanks, man. Did a great job last year out of the bullpen. No. So he, he's had two bad starts in a row, right? Is that what it is? Plus the injury through? The two bad starts. And the, and the worst. Mills had two bad starts in between those two, and then Mills went out and carved on the start three. I think Mills only had like one bad start. No, he had two uh, in a row. He gave up actually 10 uh, runs in two starts. And then but, uh, this most recent start. But Ted, no, but the thing about Ted Chatwood, he, I think he won like five guys against the Tigers in less than two innings. And it was it, and this was the 2018 chat. This this wasn't like oh, like he's like he's getting screwed by the umpire or like oh man he's just missing or you know guys are just having great at bats or you know there's fluke hits. No, that was Tyler Chatwood throwing fastballs in the dirt. Mm-hmm. That was Tyler Chatwood not finding the strike zone at all. That was Tyler Chatwood getting hit when he did get the ball over the plate. So that was bad. So do you replace Chatwood? You know, one when the third innings pitched, three hits, two runs, five walks, two Ks with Jose Quintana's three innings pitched, four hits, three earned runs, one walk, three Ks. I mean, what are we replacing it with? We're replacing you don't shine shit. Edward Alzale, who's actually okay. good. And I have no clue why the fuck like do not just say, fuck all you guys, here's our fucking guy. Right. With that. And here's the thing, like Quintana, that was his first fucking game. He did like he pitched the three innings and he gave up like the uh, I think it was like a leadoff single or double and then like another double and then he had to go out because the throw got away from the third baseman. It was uh, Quintana's curveball was looking good. He looked really good early. That that third inning of work, he looked like shit. But, but he does that. He has again one bad inning, and then he'll go a little bit more. But he'll he'll give up three to four runs. That's a number five that, guy, I guess. He's just not good. back from injury, and that was his first time pitching in a real game, and he got tired. And David Ross probably should have. Just pulled him after three innings. I don't buy getting tired in a three inning work when you've been, other than when cutting you, your fingers, doing dishes, you've been better been doing your cardio. You shouldn't be tired. You've been throwing simulated games. You've thrown the same amount of pitches. It's not the same stress, but it ain't the same stress either because there's not a crowd out there pulling energy. How much do you think he's throwing in simulated games? Oh, I'm I'm sure he's probably ramped it up to sixty to eighty, and at least at oh, one point in a simulated oh, game, the last bullpen was like forty five pitches. Okay, so he threw how many pitches? He threw. Um, he was like, through 55. Hold on, one at a time. One at a time. Because the thing is, the Cubs' offense is just fucking bullshit. Tired of it. Guys aren't coming through. Kevin, what's your update on Chris Bryant? (laughs) Well, I'm going to say this. Quintana's been shit for pretty much the whole time he's been here. And Chatwood's been shit now, too. So we really can go with Alzale and and we'll be happy. So I'm fine with that. But I'm not going to... I don't put my faith in anything with Jose Quintana because he is average below average he was great in a bad division when he was with the white Sox. sorry i said that then i believe it now he was over over analyzed into becoming something he wasn't because of something he did really well in in the world baseball classic and he's been dog shit since so uh he's been average at least he's been average been average 
Oh, obviously, he's been shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sorry. I got people telling me he was going to be an ace for the Cubs when he when that Eloy trade. He has not that, been worth shit. That was the trend, yes, that he was supposed to be like at least number two pitcher because that's the trend that he was on, and then he just fucking regressed like crazy. But the bad division thing, I mean, didn't we just say earlier, these are still major league hitters? Yeah. So I don't want to sure. hear the bad division thing. Like, what? Cool. But your job is to get out, so get fucking out. That's right. Good. Get like no one, I don't think anyone's arguing that, Kevin, but let's not have a revisionist history. is a much better option than either of those two. So I'm agreeing with you, Aldo, but I'm disagreeing with the analysis of Q. We're talking about who's in Katana. Q can matter. walk and I will not shed five tears. Did you not shed like the dynamic of this show have changed so much in 12 months? 12 Wait. months ago, I was the pissed off guy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not even pissed off. I'm. It's It's frustrating because... You That's see a team that has all the ability in the world. You have a team that 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 on paper looks absolutely fantastic, and you have a team that, you know, and this is where I'm going to kind of I'm going to redirect here because you have a team that when Chris Bryant goes out on August whatever twelfth, you go from a team that was whatever it was, eight games over five hundred to a team that's playing sub five hundred baseball ever since. They're four and five since Chris went out. I don't give a shit about what Chris does statistically. I don't give two shits that he was hitting one eighty. What Chris does is he gets in the box and he sees every single pitch in an arsenal because pitchers are afraid of him, and he allows his teammates to see everything before they step in the box. So if one wants to say it, he's wearing their sins on his chest because he sees what he sees, and the Cubs have not been the same since he has left the front of that lineup. Ian Happ is taking some walks. I love it. But Ian Happ, as a slugger, has not been the slugger he was when he was sitting in the 6-7 hole. And you throw Chris up there, Chris will wear that shit all day. Should he return to the leadoff spot? I don't know, but I do know this: that that it's it's this team is so frustrating in the fact that you got Javi Baez. When you look at a Javi spray chart for his at bats, there are more pitches out of the zone that he swings at than in the zone. He was he's getting a single a game. Great, good job against the damn Tigers. You should eat, okay? But you can't hit power pitchers. His average against power pitchers is like one eighty in his career, or at least this year. And in his career, is like it's below like two ten. Um, it's not great. And you have a guy like, you know, Rizzo's doing fine. Rizzo does what Rizzo does. But Schwarber's, Schwarber goes back and forth. We thought maybe we were going to get that good Schwarber from the last three quarters of last year. And we're finding out that maybe that was the anomaly, not this kind of Schwarber. That Schwarber might have been the anomaly. We should have sold high. I'm honest. I feel like we, I feel like the Cubs front office dropped the ball, not trying to package Kyle Schwarber and Jason Hayward in the offseason as a package deal to get rid of the A, the salary. And to, to really capitalize on the highest market you might get for, for Kyle Schwarber. And they didn't. People were sitting there going, hey, Kyle Schwarber, this is the real Kyle Schwarber. No, this Schwarber's is the real Kyle boy, too, though. Like, him. Yeah. This is him. And he's doing what he does. He strikes out a ton. He hits the ball far. He's going to hit 240. He's going to do what he does. But you could have sold and, and maybe had enough money to maybe make a run at somebody or just free up some payroll so you can pay the guys that are that are more integral. I don't know. I just, it's frustrating to watch these guys just go, Willie, you know, Contreras, my God, like what, what rolling over, he's doing the rollover stuff too. Now it's, it's, it's not just one guy. It's everybody. It's like, it's like a, it's, it's catching. It's like a, like a virus, no pun intended. Everybody is shit right now. And it, which is great. They're in first place. Everybody's crappy and they're still in first place. And if you're going to be an optimist and you got to be an optimist, if you're a Cub fan, you have to, you got to not be like the new Cub fans that show up and are, are piss and vinegar. You want to make sure that you absolutely sit there and go, look, if this is our rock bottom and we're still in first place, what happens when these sons of guns heat up? Sons when they start, because when they get figured out, Oh boy, 
I just got, I hope they figure it out inside of 50 games, because if they figure it out inside of 50 games, this team is going to be dangerous in the postseason. But right now we'll go ahead and talk about something that is kind of exclusive to this show. Ooh, we need a cool breaking news. You're not going to find this shit. You're not going to find this shit anywhere else. So I'm going to go ahead and just say this. Um, one third of my sources that told me Bryce Harper was going to sign with the, the Philadelphia Phillies way back in, was it November before everyone got on this Bryce Harper going everywhere train and it, it happened as it happened. One third of those three sources um, have, have intimated to me that, and I'm going to go ahead and pull it up and I want to make sure that I don't misquote that KB's not feeling any pain. He's got a little discomfort that he's going to head to South Bend on Friday and Saturday for some live swings. And then we should, and I'll say should, should expect KB back in that lineup Tuesday in the C- in the series opener against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, I haven't seen that anywhere else. I'm just telling you that, that this is one-third of my sources. They are very good sources. They knew that ha- they knew that where Bryce was going before everyone else did, and I stuck by those guns then, and I'm going to stick by these now. So we should see Chris back in the lineup after this Red Series. It sucks it's the Red Series because Chris eats the Reds. Um, but – a good, a good team to come back against the Pirates so the Cubs can at least tread some water this weekend, stay in first place. I think that they can go back to that. Um, you know, They were, I think, 10-6 and six with Chris in the lineup with the shortened season or whatever. They were above 500. Um, and that includes like that, that whole Brewer series where shit was falling apart anyway. So it's expected that Chris Bryant should rejoin the Cubs should. on Tuesday after hitting and swinging around in South Bend Friday and Saturday. <laughs> Maybe if he feels like 100%, maybe he'll show up on Sunday Sunday for like the, the rubber game of that series. But truth be told, we should expect Chris back in that lineup. Regardless of what's going on, he's feeling no pain. He's feeling discomfort. But you know what? <laughs> Teammates show up when they're feeling discomfort. It ain't all puppy dogs and ice cream. Sometimes you play no. through some pain, and the dude's going to show up. So I would expect Chris Bryant back in the Cubs lineup on Tuesday. Um, and that's from, again, the same – one of the three sources that, that was – firmly guaranteeing that Bryce Harper was going to be a Philly and they've told me other things that have come true. Um, and now hold on, listen up morons. Cause I know Kevin is going to talk about Chris Bryant, but you need to hear this from me. You're getting back a former MVP an all-star. You're getting back a very good player. This is a good thing. Stop talking shit about Chris Bryant being soft. Same thing with Mankata. These are MLB baseball players. They put their body through hell. And they have to play through pain. I would be thrilled to have a Chris Bryant type caliber player. I mean, we do have Nick Madrigal coming back, but um, this is good news, Cubs fans. Absolutely, this, this is very good news, especially with 30 games left in the season. Knock on wood, and playoffs coming up. Get KB back. This is huge. Tread, tre- tre- tread water till he comes back. But you know what? And you know what, Salty Dan, you were right, man. I'm at this point where I'm so fucking done with some of these meatball Cub fans that talk and slander Chris's name. The dude's playing through, he has played through some immense pain, man. If you have a potentially fractured wrist and potentially torn tendons in your finger and you're giving it a go every morning, those fat, out of shape, non-athletic Twitter warriors with their meatball heads and their 10-cent brains can sit there and try and judge Chris Bryant for trying to push through an injury like that while they can't even simply muster up the ball sack to go play Fortnite because they've got carpal tunnel syndrome. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. I would not be sad. And Salty Dan, I'm sorry, you're a Padre fan, dude. I'm not sad if Chris gets traded to the Padres. Trade him to the Padres. You know what you're going to do, Cub fans? You're going to sit there and watch Chris Bryant celebrate his second damn 
MVP or a second damn World Series championship, and you're going to go, oh, man, oh, I had that girl. Oh, I love Lou Brock. Let's talk about Lou Brock for 30 goddamn years. Let's talk about losing Greg Maddox for another 30 years. No, we're going to talk about Chris Bryant losing Chris Bryant for another 20 years. You know why? Because you see what David Bodie does, and you think that David Bodie is an ample replacement for Chris Bryant. And if you think that David Bodie is an ample replacement for Chris Bryant, turn in your IQ card and shut the fuck up. And that's the bottom line, because Reverend Fiddler said so. Bitches. And I love you. Also, I'll hug you. This oh, is wait, from a being said and all this frustration, I think I mentioned this in the chat too the other day. Like back in 2017, the Cubs sucked ass for the first half of the year. Like literally until the All-Star break. There were four games or five games below 500. And then they just had like the best record in the second half of the season. You can't really do that this year because they're only playing 60 games. But like you said, Kevin, like maybe it's like the last week of September. And then all of a sudden everyone's just fucking great again. Now how so you start, how you finish. Who the fuck even knows? Like just that. That's why Peak at game 50. Peak at game 50. Be your best team at 50, not 30. You want your best team. If you want to hey, play your hey, best team. Hey, baseball, hey, hey, hey. There's nothing wrong with being a good team at 30. That comes with a cautionary tale for White Sox fans though too. Don't. You're not done. You got 30 games to go. You got a long way to go. Don't don't take this for granted. And understand that the team that is hot at game 50, the team that is hot going into the postseason is the team that wins the championship. Not the team that really kicked ass in April or in our case, August. It's the team that's playing the best baseball when it matters most. It always matters. But when it matters most, especially is that postseason time, you got a guy that's running hot and you got a bunch of dudes running hot and it's the postseason, you will not stop that team. And I don't care. That's how the Florida Marlins won the World Series twice with a wild card team. Mm -hmm. That's why wild card teams always tend to win a World Series. They seem to win it all the time. Why? Because they playing for something all the way down that stretch and they were peaking at the right time. That's for any team, any sport, anything. If you're peaking at the right time, you're going to win. And that's what you want to be. Countering that, though, and I think, I mean, Zell, you remember this from 2005. The White Sox almost blew that division lead late in September. Even that doesn't fucking matter. Just You just have to be hot for, like, three weeks in October. And what did they do the last, like, five to ten games of that year? Like, as they were blowing it? Were they, were they, did they, stop, did they back into the postseason, or did they win their last few games? They didn't win, like, the last series against Cleveland. And then they also had a historical pitching run in the playoffs. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, that even, even <laughs> all this being said. You just like be like mediocre, then all of a sudden it's October and all you guys are hot. And then hey, I, I tend to differ with you. The White Sox won five straight games to end the season in 2005. Exactly. Yeah, they need to go ahead. So yeah, they, they were hot when they went into the postseason. They were peaking. They saying. figured it out. They actually won. <laughs> let's see, one, two, three. They won eight of their last ten to finish the 25 2005 season. Oh, so you're right. Like the last week, but yeah, but even that. <laughs> yep. like, and then 16 the of the last 17 in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, incredible. Oh, I missed Tadahito Aguchi. Peak, All right. Peak, seek the, the peak. Seek the peak. Seek uh, the peak. Plays ever from Tadahito at second base. Yeah. So, Aloha, Mr. Han, who, very good friend of the show. But yeah, the Sox won 16 of their last 17, including the postseason. And Kevin, see, Mr. Han, your boy, you and KFID, you he owe missed it. Mr. Han, you owe KFIDs some rally shots for the Cubs because he got on the, the White Sox ones with you. You might have to do one for him for his boy KB coming back. We'll pull that card when we need it. Yep. We'll no, wait. it's a, it's a very you do have to wait. You, you can't just willy nilly pull the the Twitter shot card. I wouldn't ask that of Mister Hand as a White Sox fan on so, uh, in public until it really matters. I won't call that favor and until it really needs to be a favor. Mm-hmm. Now, 
the one thing I wanted to bring up because MLB on their official Twitter account tweeted this out. When were they tweet this out? Yesterday or Wednesday, and I thought it was interesting because we are halfway through the season. They tweeted out their all-star teams. So for the AL, they got their outfield is Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis, AL Rookie of the Year, him and Lou Bob. Kyle's pulling away. Their infield is Anthony Rendon, Tim Anderson, Brandon Lowe, and Luke Voigt at first base. Starting pitcher, Shane Bieber, no one's arguing that. Bieber's been disgusting. Uh, relief pitcher, they got Liam Hendricks. Their catcher is Pedro uh, Sorino. And their DH is Nelson Cruz, which you can't argue that at all. So the only thing is if you put Luke Voigt's numbers up against the Braves, it's tough because the Yankees didn't play so many games because of COVID and weather that I don't think Luke Voigt has 100 at-bats. So that's why it's tough to put the numbers up against each other. But that's really the only position that I guess I can argue. I don't really know what Anthony Rendon's doing for Anaheim. I haven't really been paying attention. I was actually surprised. No, he's been like really good. But I was surprised. I think he missed like the first couple of games with uh, what's Ana- Anaheim's ten and twenty-two. Talk about like no pitching. They yeah. have. Pitching. All right, we'll give him Dane Dunning for Mike Trout straight up. Um. Do that? I mean, fine. Michael Kopik and Dane Dunning for Mike Trout. Let's go. And yes, this no, well, this this tweet if, came out August twenty six on the timestamp. What tweet? You, the tweet for the All Star? Oh, um, the it could have been put together before the weekend. That's a good point. Now, if you switch over to the NL side of things. Uh, there's no Cubs. Mm. Your outfield is Yaz, which that kid is just playing lights out. From Soland, or is that Solano? Solano. <laughs> it's like you hear you pronounce the name. Uh, first base, Freddie Freeman. Your relief pitcher is Josh Hader. Your catcher is JT Realmuto. Your DH is Jesse Winker. And your starting pitcher is Jacob DeGrom. And I'm sorry, I know you've been pitching like crazy, but he's not better than Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, skip a guy that's 5-1 and one with a 170 ERA. Statistically, yeah. if you go off value, you Darvish has Right. Um, so who is the Padres rookie that is going to win rookie of the year? What? The Padres Ooh. rookie? Yeah, your boy Kev just put it in the oh, chat. What do you got? Padres are going to have rookie of the year and MVP. MVP, yes. 100%. That is Tatis, and he is running with that. <laughs> no one's catching him. Cronenberg? Oh, yeah. He hit a f- another grand slam four days ago. He's. I didn't even – wow. That's an under-radar kind of guy, but that's something that Padres fans would know more because Padres don't get as much of the coverage. But let's look at Cronenberg's stats. Let's see what he's got. We got we got a dude that's hitting 349. Okay. All right. With 12 RBI. Second baseman, so he's almost as good as Nick Madrigal. <laughs> he's from Michigan, actually. He's Any from Saint Clair. Are you? Are you? Are you? All those? Are you from the Mitten? Are you from right here? Or from right here? Or are you from right here? Um, yeah, good. That's good. 
I didn't. Um, he's 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 underrated. I think I haven't heard anybody talking about him. Good. So, what do I want to say? Oh, so with all that being said, I mean all star games or whatever, but I really wanted to pull up that uh, the AL Rookie of the Year. Because it's not cut and dry, Sox fans. I know we brought it up last week, but... Is Kyle Lewis still hot? Kyle Lewis is on fire, dude. Like, it's kind of hard, even super biased, to argue Luis Robert over Kyle Lewis. Is it kind of like last year when it was Eloy and uh, Alvarez from uh, the Astros? Where, like, Eloy was having a fucking great season, then you look at Alvarez, and it's like, oh... Those are really good numbers too. And Eloy had more bombs and he also missed a lot of games. But if the season ended today, the AL rookie of the year is Kyle Lewis. Sorry. It is. It's just facts. Right now he is batting 353 with seven home runs, 20 RBIs, and two stolen bases with an OPS of 993. Ooh, baby. Yeah. I mean, dude is holding it down where Luis Robert, who, by the way, against Pittsburgh, was very happy to watch him take some pitches, work some counts, and go three for four. That was very good to see. Luis Robert is hitting 276, so Kyle's got him by a bunch in the batting average uh, with an OPS of 863, uh, seven home runs, so home runs are even. RBIs, Kyle's got him. It's Kyle Lewis, man. Tough, tough. That's in the tough AL. Thing. Yeah, that the AL Rookie of the Year competition is a, it's a two horse race right now, and Kyle Lewis is in front. It is what it is. And if you want a little extra salt for that wound, he was drafted right after Zach Collins. Yeah. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Or. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, before we know, Kevin, you were one hundred percent right. The Sox did get hot at the perfect time, but also I didn't go crazy because I do remember this. The Sox had a fifteen-game lead over Cleveland in two thousand five. That was cut down to nine and a half uh, by the beginning of September. It got dicey. One hundred percent got dicey. September twenty-second, a week to go. That lead was cut down to one and a half games. But you're right, though. They did get they got hot at the exact right time, but. They're like stumbling. You go eight of two. You 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 get that wake up call because you've been cruising. You've been on cruise control over the division with a big lead. I mean, that's is why this is again. This is firmly why I believe the Dodgers can't win shit. The Dodgers get such a big lead in that division that they're not playing for anything meaningful in the middle of late September, and then they get shell shocked by somebody like the Nats last year. They end up or they get garbage cans by the you know the Astros. Or, you know, they get, uh, they, you know, they don't right. even get by the Cubs. Uh, you know, they do their thing. But the Dodgers are the most dominant on paper team and they don't do shit because they're not playing meaningful baseball when it matters, when you should be. I love the wildcard teams because the wildcard teams are always, always going to be a pain in the ass because they're hot. They just scratched, scratched and clawed and fought to get themselves in that position to even be there. And the team that's been sitting back, drinking their, their mimosas and enjoying their shade and their nice big lead all of a sudden get hit in the mouth. And I, I, I take great pleasure in watching one oh, seeds get hit in the mouth. Speaking of that, you just made me remember I want to bring this because Matty Mitch, by the way, he was my pick. I'm sorry. He's not going to be it. Yeah. Nico's not winning rookie of the year. 
Um, he's having a good season, just not rookie. Game, game once a day. That's cool. Um, but what I wanted to say was it was an interesting set brought up by uh, Jared Carabas or Carabas or whatever the hell from Barstool, who, by the way, that starting nine show has gotten way better. Um, if you want to look at the whole league, but if you look at the Yankees record right now, who right now, if the playoffs started today, I believe the White Sox would play the Yankees. The Yankees are 16 and 11. I think nine of those wins are against the shitty ass Red Sox. I don't know if I wouldn't say frauds, but Aaron judge can't say hurt again. Uh, he got hurt again. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he got hurt again. Um, what's his face? Garrett Cole didn't th- didn't the Braves just touch him up pretty good? Two longest home runs off of him ever. It was like yeah. four seventy three and like four sixty nine or something. Yep. So I don't know. I just think it's something to watch. Also, by the way, this is why I said earlier how this could be your best chance, even though it is an expanded. Uh, playoff and there is that like wild card round series or whatever mm-hmm. but and like you're talking about a case where you know if the Sox do have to match up against the Yankees you only have to beat them two times instead of like three or four in later rounds so like I mean you could do that with a Keuchel and uh, Giolito you, like dominate yeah. those two games. there you go you just got you just got rid of the Yankees and yes right now you can easily say the Yankees are tiptoeing that line of being certifiable bump slayers. Because the Red Sox are a garbage team right now. The Red Sox are terrible this year. They are just not a good team. I'm trying to find playoff projections. I don't know where the hell they are. Wait, And we can do it with the Cubs too. What are the Sox and the Cubs records? Who are those wins against? That's true. That's true. Okay, fair. the Sox did beat the Cubs two or three, so the Cubs are a winning team. Mm-hmm. So that was one. That was one good series. And they p- pounded the shit out of the Cubs, by the way. So I'm right. not even making the like that. Uh, but I mean, the Sox also have beating up on a lot of the. I guess when they placed the when they played the Tigers, the Tigers were above 500, but they've lost. Oh, <laughs> the Tigers beat the Cubs too. So I guess the Cubs are just uh, fucking shitty. I guess. <laughs> so if we are to trust Vegas, if we're to trust Vegas. And what we do here, you still got you got the 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 Dodgers are sitting at nineteen to five, which is basically plus three eighty three point eight to one. Mm-hmm. You got the Yankees are at four to one, Twins ten to one, A's twelve to one, Braves fourteen to one, Astros fourteen to one, Devil Rays fourteen to one, Cubs fifteen to one, Indians twenty to one, and the White Sox are twenty five to one. Dude, I seriously might send you some money. It's, do you need uh, to do that, or is it? Don't you guys have bets there? But I will definitely throw it down if you guys want me to throw it down for you. I can't do it yet. When I, I, I have to go to the casino, but I don't feel like driving to East St. Louis right now. Oh, I live about like six minutes away. I think right. they opened remote registering again. Mail your ticket. They opened up what? Remote registering? Like you don't? I don't think you, I don't. Right now, I think you don't have to go well, in person to register. Let's I'll take, take the Cubs fifteen to one. I'll take the White Sox. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna make these bets too. I'm gonna go ahead and throw like maybe a fin on both. Padres. Oh. Padres are all the way down. They're. they're oh. I mean, well, they're not down. They're thirty to one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what happens what? though? I can get on FanDuel Sportsbook now. Oh, cool. Uh oh. 
I can just use my app. Enjoy this. Enjoy this house while you can, because Daddy's about to lose it. Oh yeah! I'm gonna throw 100 on the White Sox. I'll throw 100 on the Cubs. Those are 15 to one and 25 to one are fantastic odds. What are the What's the White Sox to win the division? The division. Uh, let's go. Let's pop that back. Uh, click out of that to win. That well, first off, to win a pennant, Sox are 10 to one. Um, Cubs are eight to eight to one. That's not bad, actually. Um, let's see if we got some. Uh, I don't see. I don't have any divisions. Because um, right now, according to Fangraphs, the White Sox have a twenty nine point five percent chance to win the division. They have a ninety eight point four percent chance of making the playoffs. Decent chance. The By Cubs, the way, speaking of the playoffs, Zoe, you brought this up when we shared it, and I guess it's not official yet. They're still talking about it, but MLB is talking about doing like bubble for the postseason or multiple bubbles. Oh yeah, no, please don't. If they do that, it sounds like uh, like the LA area is going to be one, and that's going to be like the the initial uh, tweet from I think it was uh, Jeff was Jeff Passan, um, and they're like in the A or in LA, it would be the AL teams, and you immediately were like, "Fuck, yeah, nine nine oh five first pitch Central Time for this." <laughs> that would suck. I mean, it is what it is. That's fine, but Daddy like not. Daddy likes his sleep. And, you know how much uh, I hate that at all, right? I mean, I kind of was pretty blatant on that when we were talking. Right. You're going to basically move baseball, baseball, baseball's postseason to two places where they are two of the worst outbreak places. L.A. County is literally the shittiest place to be right now. Chavez Ravine is not even anywhere close to like a, a bubble. And you've got Anaheim. Great. You want to stay at the Peter Pan Motel or are you going to go ahead and stay on the Disney lot? You can stay on the Disney lot, I guess. That'd be protected because Disney's not open yet. Um, it's not Florida. Um, and so I don't. I hate that. I think they need to play somewhere like in Colorado. They need to play somewhere. Hell, they can come to Vegas. We got we got Aviator Stadium to play here. But I, I, I hate that. I. Um, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to put those East Coast teams. They're going to have to play in the twilight. They're going to have to actually play in October. Which shadows, especially in some of those stadiums, are really shitty when that sun's going down. I don't know, but the Sox are going to play on like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and all they're all going to start at nine o'clock. <laughs> We're talking hey, about man, if you, maybe if they'll change get, it. Get the Yankees, maybe we get like prime time. Yeah. I, hope I mean, these, these hockey games, the Golden Knights are playing at 3.30 on some of these, and then they play at 7.30 our time, which is 9.30 your time, so it kind of sucks for you guys. But yep. they'll probably like split the difference. Yeah, I am not – I don't sweat the Yankees right now. That could change, but yeah. Hey, they're injured. They're banged up too. What's the thing? One on the IL again. Judge yeah. can't stay healthy. So. Juice. Okay. Eh, you might not be off, but all right. The Sox will get three o'clock, so it's six o'clock in New York. That's true. I mean, if they do, if that is definitely the silver lining, if they play the Yankees, is they'll get more prime time. Yeah, because they because they definitely have to because it, it would be because it's eight teams, so you have to have there's four series going at the same time, right. so you're gonna have two and two. So yeah, they probably get that like that. Could you imagine uh, after the like, start in the West Coast or whatever, and then if it's like White Sox Oakland in the first round, they're playing at like midnight. It's going to suck. It's going to be absolutely terrible. Uh. Oakland's legit, too. But we'll get into that later. Let's let's wrap this up. We're at an hour and a half. All right. So uh, stick with us here. Make sure you're following us at Pinwheels Ivy Pod on Twitter. You can follow us all individually. Thank you all for 
uh, all the comments, questions, and everything in between during the show. We really appreciate that. It makes us way more fun. Um, stay tuned. Uh, we might have some new things coming out. Uh, we're workshopping some things right now. And, uh, yeah, take care of each other. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We will see you guys on Tuesday. <laughs> All right. See you next Thursday. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on the boy. Every season make it all change Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the board, yeah Every season make it all change